0: This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. It's going testing. One, two, three. Testing. Yes, it's, it's recording. Okay? And so... I hope it it could be quite Okay, so the general framework of the shiurim were to address questions that people might have, uh, so-called the outside world, and to go through hashkafic issues. There was a list of questions, and all of them—it's d- uh, d- a wide range of questions, dealing with a lot of different aspects. Some internal issues in, in Yiddishkeit and some external issues. I'd like to give Akdama first and I would like to thank the person who's with me because it's important to have a live audience and he will ask occasionally questions if things are not clear or if in some way I'm not uh, explaining myself well or if the questions lead on. I would also ask people if they would like to email questions and then I could try to refer to them in other share. I'd like to spend this shear to explain some of the issues that I think you might have with Hashkoff type shear. The first issue I think would I would call it the paradox of the arch. An arch is um, a type of building, if you ever see an archisole everything's built with arches. And it was described famously as a series of weakness supporting each other. In other words, if you take a look at the arch, if you look at a pile of bricks, they support each other. Every single brick is cemented into a place that supports the other brick and makes a lot of sense in terms of how it is uh, standing. If you take a look at an arch, if you were to remove any one brick, then the whole thing would come crashing down. So you ask yourself, so how do you make an arch? If you just cement the rocks in place, the, some rack is going to, the, 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 any rock that you cemented in place as an arch is usually um, not supported by the other side, and it will come crashing down. I had that feeling actually once in St. Louis when I saw the great arch. The first question that you ask yourself is, how in the world did they build it? Because somewhere in the middle, the thing would have just fallen apart. And they actually, there is a way they built it. They built it with scaffolding on the inside and covered it on the outside. And that's why um, it wasn't really an arch. It was supported every single step of the way internally. And then when it, once it was finished, it, it, it can stand on its own. So the answer is, once you, you build a wooden uh, support structure, scaffolding of sorts, you lay out the arch, and then it uh, supports itself once it's in place. The same thing is through an Ashkafist stuff, there are always questions leading to questions, it's very hard to ever start in a single place, for instance um, what do I know about Hashem well where do I know it from, what in Torah is valid, things in Torah I, I'm, I'm learning it from Chazal I'm learning it from the Rambam, so how do I know that that's right, can you argue with it, um, but I can't speak about the integrity of Torah without speaking about Hash The problem is you always end up with something that needs a previous uh, piece of information. So, wherever we'll start is going to be the middle, uh, because there were questions unanswered before, and it's only once you get a bigger picture that things kind of support themselves. So, I will try to give first some basic Nikudis. I think that's an important one, Um, but... In time, I hope that the structure as a whole will uh, sort of reinforce each other and support each other. Uh, I would like to uh, sh- uh, sort of demonstrate it a bit in the et- in the word itself of halacha and agada. Halacha refers to the part of Torah that is nigla, that's halacha, and the the uh, that the structure of that part of Torah is called halacha, which means to walk. When you walk, you can define discrete steps. Each step is a step, and this step came before that step, this step came after the other step. You can isolate each step very, very clearly. Agada comes from the word negida, which means to flow, like a river that flows. You see the motion, and you, and you see the entire picture of motion, but it's very hard to get you can't isolate this is the first flow, this is the second flow, this is the third flow, the river just keeps flowing. So Agatha has in itself the beauty of seeing a sort of comprehensive picture, but it's very maddening because you can't ever isolate one piece and it be a self-contained, clearly defined piece. So that is a, a, a point about why it's going to be difficult to give those answers, those absolute points where each question itself can be answered without, in a sense, relying on other points. That's the first point I'd like to put down. The second point is uh, the sense of the questions were that uh, other th- these are questions that other people ask you. People are now uh, going to people go to university people go to law school people are working people meet people in all sorts of settings and some people are quite intelligent quite bright and they uh, ask uh, questions and those questions uh, bother us the truth is the, 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 the question the, the, the um, issue is uh, twofold A we would like to say face it, with other people we don't want to meet people that are nice and intelligent and ask reasonable questions and we're kind of stupid on the other hand it sort of forces an awareness in us that you know we never thought about it it is an issue and it's something that we need to deal with internally so it's just like learning uh, the Hilchis uh, of Kashris when you learn it and you're in yeshiva they have one meaning when you're out there in a butcher's store and you're a rabbi in a community, it has another meaning, and it's done, it comes alive and real when you're dealing with that, and um, you've, you, it, it takes on a whole new meaning when it's Lema'isa. So for us, who grew up from um, in yeshiva, these issues were kind of academic, they were interesting. Uh, once in a while, somebody really has a curiosity about it, but by and large, it's not, quote-unquote, Lema'isa. When we come out and people push us the wall a bit and kind of ask us uncomfortable questions, it starts becoming lamyasa. And so even though the the questions are the questions that other people ask us, but we really need to provide a structure for ourselves in understanding and believing. Uh, Even if we can't always give an answer to another person, if if we feel comfortable that we know an answer, then it is... Um, half the half the discomfort is gone. Well, we know we know the answer, but we can't give it over. Um, the Rambam says that the when he speaks about Amuna, he makes a very very important point, and he says you cannot believe that which you cannot define. If you ask a person what are you, what do you believe? And the person tells you, Well, we don't think about a we just have a Muna Pshuta The answer is that that is um, that sentence is an absolutely meaningless sentence. It's like asking somebody if he thinks that Jumblebee is something good and he says definitely and when we ask him what Jumblebee is and he, he says he has no idea. You cannot um, you cannot believe in something that has not that doesn't have a clear definition. We may not, we don't have to prove it, and belief is usually for things that we can't prove, but we certainly have to define. So if we believe in God, and we can't give a definition of what God is, then we don't believe in God, and we may have warm, cozy feelings about being protected and watched over, but um, we don't have any real sense of uh, God, and therefore we can't believe in a God that we can't define. So, some of the things we want to discuss will be just an understanding of what it is that our Amunah is. We talk about Mashiach. Well, what is Mashiach? He's wonderful, he's great, he's fantastic, we all hope for his coming. But that's not quite uh, a meaningful definition. It, It means absolutely nothing. And therefore, in order to believe in Mashiach, we're going to have to define it and so on. I'd like to put down another point in regards of um, in regards to answering other people's questions. Um, a lot of times, especially people who work in Kirov will present the question with the following introduction: How do you answer a person who says who asks the following? That is a question. That's frequently asked. And the answer to that would be akin to the old uh, Jewish Marshall. Yes, Pinchas? I didn't understand the whole, what exactly is the question I think you're already... Well, they will present Of course, how do you answer the question of Uh how could God be uh, good if he does bad, how could the Holocaust have happened, Um, and so on they will ask any series of questions pre-prefaced by how do you answer the following question uh-huh. when someone asks it. Mm-hmm. D- that that type of question is akin to the um, to the old Jewish joke where uh, a, a wealthy man was shown around an orphanage and the executive director was very good at you know, drawing his tears and he looked around the kids are kind of very and shabbily dressed and cold and so on and so forth at the end of it he's very moved and he turns to the executive director and he says listen I would like to clothe these orphans what size pants does an orphan wear that's the that is akin uh, to that type of question questions and answers the vast majority of questions and answers are not of the absolute objective type. Um, math is 100% absolute, probably because it's a system designed that way. Two and two equals four, because that's what the system was designed to give as an answer. So um, it's just like if you if you throw four balls or three balls, uh, I, sorry, my, my absence, how many balls to walk in a baseball? Four balls and three strikes, right? So Three strikes are out is an absolute emiss, simply because that's how it was defined. So math deals with absolutes because defined. Science deals with answers that should be absolutes. As far as we're concerned, we treat it absolute, as absolutes. And it therefore, the world of proof, and there's only one answer, and you accept the answer whether you like it or not, if it meets the criteria of being reproducible, and uh, etc. cetera, et cetera. Uh, the once you start going out into the realm of ideas, they don't lend themselves to ready and easy proofs. Um, anyone who's a little sophisticated and is taking uh, co- any college courses one on one, whether it's philosophy or law, anything like that, knows you can usually argue two sides of an argument. Um, it's uh, it certainly c- very rare that you could con- conclusively argue on one side, what you do have is a quality that one would call the answer that is meaningful to a person, Chazal have a description of it, and it's called Mishyashev Al-Libo, it says by Paro that when he dreamt his dream, he had tons of people that gave him all sorts of wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, um, pisronos. And he had no way to test them. They, they all hadn't, um, th- th- he, nothing had come true yet. And these were people that knew the music that power like they hear. They were his employed as permanent wise people in pisronos. And yet he said it wasn't Mishyashiv alibo. Somewhere it did not satisfy him. The answers that satisfy a person have to misyashiv alibo. The, um, and people are different. What will speak well to one person does not speak well to another person. What speaks well to a young man does not speak well to an older person. Every single person um, needs an answer that's misyashiv alibo. So the first question is not what is the answer, but the first if you want to answer a person actually you need to step into their shoes if it's possible and you need to see the world the way they see it and the pieces have to make sense um, for instance let's give an example if somebody asks you about um, let's say Hilchaz so to one person the answer that this makes for a fresher Relationship with a wife is a very, very plausible answer. Another person, it seems cheap psychology. The answer that dam is a p'china of din and we don't want to mix din with chesed and stuff like that. Some people will eat it up and say, wow, this is the most fantastic thing I've ever heard. Some people will think that you're a bit daft. And, you know, if, 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 if you know, this doesn't begin to make sense. The, which is the right answer whichever one is and therefore understanding the people you're dealing with really makes a lot of difference if your venue are rough tough business people practical people mystical answers are not going to go very far um, if you deal with Mm, autistic people, musical, mystical people, the mystical answers are what capture them. Uh, and the right or wrong, as long as the answer is co- a correct answer, the right answer is whichever one is Nesiasheva Libo. So not always is the right answer, but it's a, it has to be Nesiasheva What is important, however, when you speak to somebody, no matter whether you'll, the answer will make sense to them or not, is, is it Are you satisfied? Are you happy with it? And therefore, it's going to be important for us to get some sort of understanding for ourselves, because if we don't get an understanding for ourselves, whatever canned answers you have, it's not going to work. It's like when you walk into a store, and a person is trying to sell your computer. If you have a sense that the person knows what he's talking about, and he lives it, and he's into it, it, it has ashpur. If you have a feeling that this person was toward a sales talk and he's just giving you canned answers, it will not be terribly meaningful. So m- almost more important or prior to trying to understand what the other person will want, you are going to try to... Y- it has to make sense to you. You don't have to share your answer, but you have to have a comfort level with whatever it is that you're talking about uh, in order to get an answer across that will be meaningful to the person there's a a, one more point about addressing other people's issues and Hazal spoke about this also the issue is um, we spoke about different questions meaning different things to different people if a person asks you how could God if he's good have made the Holocaust if the ki- if if the if the um, if the person asking the question is a 15-year-old who doesn't want to come to Night Seder, and when you're pressing to him why he doesn't want to come, he says, "Well, I have trouble with God because if God is good, how could they have had the Holocaust?" That's one question. If the person is somebody who lived through it, lost his father, mother, wife, children, brothers, and sisters, that's a very different question, and. You don't have an answer for it, because you don't have the emotional um, input, or not input, I would say the validity, the emotional validity to answer that person. Um, And you don't need to try to answer that person, because you can't. Um, You you don't know the answer for a person like that. Um, A teacher once told me, it's a horrible story, but I guess people should know, Um, there was a boy who never davened and kind of would slip out and finally confronted him. This was an older high school boy. And the boy broke down and he told him, my father beats the living daylights out of me every day. And every day I prayed to God that he should stop him. And one day I told God, I'm going to give you a final chance. And if you don't stop him, this is over with. And he didn't stop him. He threw me down a flight of stairs. I don't have the answer to that kid. Um, it's not an answer that can be given by someone who didn't go through it, um, and all you can say is um, you can admire the person for strength a saying, but you don't. You can't have an answer. You don't have the tools for answering that, and and a packaged answer by someone who doesn't have the emotional equivalent just doesn't exist. The um, I, one more point about needing to know. Uh, needing to know the answer for ourselves I think Chazal pointed that out also in two places it says that if Umus Ha'olam come to Kalal Yisrael it, the first Rashi in Breishis. it says why does the Torah start at Brayshis not HaKadosh and Rashi says because if the Umus Ha'olam will come and say listematem and so on and so forth um, it says, you know, therefore Akanshpar created everything and Britzono so he takes it, Britzono so he gives it, and so on and so forth. Now the question is, what exactly is the purpose of that Rashi or of the of of the Braces? I mean, we uh, try showing it to an Arab and see if that takes care of his problems. The Arab says, you guys stole the name from us. You say, ah, you forgot the Rashi and Brachus. Here's the Rashi and with a Tanhum and so on and so forth. Not going to help very much. So who's the an answer for? It says in uh, in Chukas that about Chayku it says Monen means to badger to kind of mock they mock lies, so what kind of stupidity is as as do it? it just makes no sense what's so as she says it's a Chuk again that's not an answer in any way to them but for yourself you need to have a degree of yeshiva does. you need to understand the structure for yourself even if it is not um, even if you can't give it over but knowing it for ourselves is an important um, is important to be mechazek or onamuna there is another point about dealing with questions and issues is really built on what we said before about the different types of um, approaches the different types of resolutions to questions of this nature. In math, if somebody disproves you, you are disproven. In science, um, if somebody disproves you, you are disproven. All you need is one disproof. If I if I if I tell you that asbestos cannot burn, and I light a match or a torch or something and it burns, that has been disproven I could reword it and say it can burn it does not burn except those conditions but the proofs are very very sharp the Ramban says in Introduction to Mohamels that Torah is not something where there is a mofes chotech a mofes chotech means an absolute um, proof the word mofes meaning proof by extension chotech means that it completely cuts it. In other words, the proofs are absolute. Which means the following. People, for some reason, feel a desperation to answer questions. And they feel that if somebody raises a point on, on the world and the realm of the or Torah, that they can't answer, that um, their world is going to collapse that you, you that that he's disproven Torah or etc cetera, et cetera. The problem with that is that is absolutely wrong. What it does do is, so people feel that desperate, they begin to pile wrong answers. And so for instance, if somebody comes along with a problem with evolution and there's such a mad rush to, to produce answers that even if the answers are woefully short of the question we feel um, that uh, we must pod them on, which creates a vicious uh, circle, because down deep we know the answers are not really terribly great. We become very emotional, and we try to answer the questions with a lot of heated invective, you know, what a terrible question, not a sure question, so... And um, just simply to cover up the fact that we don't have a really terribly good answer. And also... Um, we or, or we or we shy away from it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There is nothing wrong in saying this is a tough issue, and I don't have an answer now. Just like a person's relationship with his wife um, is not built on any one incident, um, you don't you don't say okay. So when a person is going out and meeting a person, he's trying and trying out different things. Everything is like red flag, yes, no. This a relationship He's married one year, five years, ten years, twenty years. There's a context. There are issues within that context. Some of those issues can be resolved, will be resolved. Some issues will be resolved in future. Some issues we won't see resolved. But we're not dealing with a point-by-point point, uh, thing. Torah, is, Torah has established itself in our minds and hearts with a thousand and one leads. And we'll speak about a lot of, of, of how it established itself the fact that there are issues here and there um it, it, we should be honest about it, if we don't have a good answer so we don't have a good answer, but there's no implication, there should not be any implication that if we don't have a good answer, then we have to throw out our thousand in and we must be treif and uh, forget about Torah, that's silly we can we can assume the um, we can assume the um the uh, trust that we have because of everything else and we'll say, you know, at some point we'll come back to this, we'll have a clear understanding and so on <coughs> one more issue uh, before we I guess before we will we'll start uh, with the uh, issue with the uh, Inyan and Bermuda themselves is the following it's a lesson that the Rambam uses in some places I think the arcade I've seen uses the same lesson, and it goes as follows: People ask you questions about Yiddishkeit that you stammer and you fail at, or if you give an answer, it's very long and convoluted, and it kind of shows up, and it's very, very, uh, and you feel like a fool. And you ask yourself, "Well, why is it this person offers for his position brilliant?" you know, self-contained answers and you can't do it yourself. So the word, the, the, uh, the Ramam says in a few places in Mora and uh, the Akedah, they use something about a person's inability to understand necessary hakdomos. And let's discuss what that is. Let's say an aborigine arrives to civilization and he sees a computer and he asks somebody, what is that? And the person says, a computer. And he doesn't know what the computer, computers do all sorts of exciting things. And he asks him, well, uh, tell me how a computer works. So, the first answer given to him is, it takes in data, it processes it, um, it it, um, based on internal programs and programs given it, and then has a way of giving me the output which is really a a short, concise answer and I could even throw in a little muscle to the aborigine and tell him, you know, it's like when you don't know how to treat some sort of wound or something and you go to the local medicine man and he's very wise, you tell him what's bothering you, he thinks a minute, tells you what to do and you go and do it. So, that's good. Then he says, you know, is there like a little man inside? I say, no. So how does it work? I have to tell him, explain to me. At that point, the only way I could explain to him would be, would require a whole bunch of academics that have actually nothing to do with the video the computer is showing. I need to tell him about electric circuits. I need to tell him about logical circuits, about AND gates and OR gates and NOR gates. I need to explain binary system, and, and I need to explain how I compile processing one another. Those little, quote-unquote, little lectures are going to be dealing with topics, and the guy will say, well, you've spoken for 45 minutes. And it has nothing to do with how pushing a button on this plays a little video. And I tell them, yes, because the computer is a complex system built on A, B, C, D, E, and F. If you don't want to hear the hakdamus, or if you don't have the ability to absorb those hakdamus, then I cannot explain it to you. I can only give you that short definition of input of data, processing, and output. That's something I can relate to other things in the world. I can't. I can't relate Torah. If somebody comes in and, and CVS is selling a tchotchke, I can ask the guy, what does the tchotchke do? He can tell me it whistles. He can tell me it, it lights up. Um, it massages your feet. If he needs to do more than that and start telling me, first I have to tell you about the inner force of the universe. It's, it's not a tchotchke in CVS. A, a secular person deals with realities that are given to everyone else. We know what physical pain is. We know what physical pleasure is. We know what hurt is. And I could say, this law is there for the purpose so that A doesn't hurt B, so that A doesn't cheat B. I don't need more academic that I'm not aware of, because the hakdamas are common to any secular person. A secular meaning, minus, it would include a religious person in the sense that just pure, purely secular. But religion is built on a few layers of understanding. There's a belief in a God, in a certain conception of God that we'll speak about. There is the understanding of what life is. So if somebody asks me, how does Lulvin Essock make for a better life? If in his world the only valid answers are, it makes your hands feel better. It makes the relationship with your wife stronger. Um, or it helps you avoid paying taxes. Those are the only three things that make sense. Then we have no answer. And the problem is, in, when you ask one question, you can't pardon a dozen sure about another world, another dimension, et cetera, etc., cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It, it's, it's, it's not. It's, it's not an ex- acceptable answer. So understand that a lot of what is true to you, you may not be able to translate really to someone outside because you does not have the hackdomos that are necessary, and does not have the um, and doesn't have the it's not not only the time and the patience to understand You can't pile on all the akdamos you go on in five minutes and expect a person to, I, I, I expect to be credible. Um, it it's it's, uh, it, it's just um, it's just not these things are are a span of 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 experiences that require you to sit, and to absorb, and to live, and so on and so forth. So you cannot always um, just immediately answer, you know, the quote-unquote real answer. You can however, in time, develop a formula to explain that to person. You can say, you know, some of the mitzvahs I can share with you, because they really deal with the day-to-day things. and. We can speak about it. We can speak about integrity family and looking around and seeing what it's like. when you don't respect uh, with fidelity, etc. Some of it is, you can say, it's part of a broader picture of relating to God in many ways. Um, a little of an essay, you can say, it's it's a way of... of th- this represents the best sort of the fruit of Israel and a way of taking our best and praising God. More detail than that, I really couldn't go into. It doesn't... It's not just... Um, but but uh, um, you know and but understand why he can so eloquently explain his position to you, and you can explain so eloquently your position to him. You have the same hakdamas that he has. You have the same postulates and axioms about the world, and therefore, when he puts down a position, he can fairly eloquently eloquently present it to you. You have too many hakdamas to present it in your language. You will not succeed if you start explaining rule message in, in terms of ruchos and tlalos. You will step all over your feet. Your feet will be in your mouth. Your tongue will be all over the place. It's not. It, understand that you can't give hakdomos in, 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 in one shot. So, just to review brave, bi- briefly the points that we said. This, we dealt with an introduction to the topic of quote-unquote answering the questions in Amuna we first of all spoke that the importance is for us a lot. It's when we come these are issues that until we didn't clash with an outside world these were not meaningful to us. When uh, um, and now we really want to rethink those issues because they started becoming a lot more lammacy for us. Um, We need to understand that unless we can clearly define hashkafic terms, Uh, we can't really believe in them, because um, you can't believe that which you can't define, the understanding that all of these questions, the answers are personal answers, rather than purely objective answers. There may be answers that are wrong, but in the world of quote-unquote right answers, the answer that's right is the one that's Msif aleiv hashomea It requires a for yourself to have found a way of understanding it that's aleivcha, and it requires a sensitivity understanding for the other person that um, what what are the terms, ideas, metaphors, emotions that I' going to speak to him. We made a point that if the other person's... C- that we have to no know where the other person's questions are coming from. If they're coming from a deep emotion, uh, of experiential emotion, then it says, mm-hmm. You don't have the answer for the person whose emotional, um, e- e- emotional uh, power is way beyond yours. Um we, we pointed out that having no answers is fine. Uh, Amuna doesn't rest on any one question, any one answer. It's a, it's, it's a huge tapestry of understandings and beliefs. And the fact that there's a sort of a pyramid structure to it, and to a lot of it we need hakdamos, And that's why some of what we understand and believe will not make sense to an outsider. For the person who doesn't have rudimentary basis in electronics. A computer can only be understood in a very simple way. You cannot go past that. Any questions? Uh, no. Okay. So we'll hold here. Now. Okay. So I think it worked. We will hope it works, okay. but now I'm going to ask Jacob. No, I can actually try to put it onto the computer and see. It says if 36 minutes, 56 sec- seven seconds, does that make sense? Yeah.